Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Tuesday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, Bradley Beal is on his way to Phoenix and the ripple effects impact the Lakers in a big way. That's next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everyone for making Locked On Lakers first listen of every day, Monday through Friday. No matter how or where you get your podcast, it's always going to be free. It's never going to be behind a paywall. And Locked On Lakers on YouTube is where you can go to see the show and hang out with over 17,000 subscribers, Andy, all of whom are reacting in a big way to the weekend's blockbuster trade, um, which hasn't been officially done yet, but uh, that will send Brad Beal from Washington to Phoenix. So much to break down in that um, both from an NBA standpoint, but certainly in terms of how it impacts the Lakers. Do want to let people know that today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Uh, download, uh, first-time users, I should say, can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. So you can see over there um, tons of stuff that we want to get into in terms of the potential ripple effects um, from this deal, Bradley Beal, Andy, going to Phoenix to basically choose his destination. Um, and he chose the one that, like, it's like his dad's, like, father-in-law's, like, agent's son, cousins or something. Like, it's it's it's, it's, it's shady. <laughs> he, well, his agent, longtime agent, Mark Barlstein, he's been in the game forever. His son is, I believe, the CEO of the Suns, the S-U-N-S, not the S-O-N-S. It's, <laughs> it's not that on brand and shady. But, uh, I mean, look, there, here's the thing. The reality is these sorts of relationships influence deals all the time. Yeah. It just rarely feels as completely on brand as this. But what makes it, I guess, feel a little bit less shady than some of the other ones is Bradley Beal had a no trade clause. So if he does not want to go to Phoenix, none of this happens. That he wanted to go to Phoenix, I guess, does grease the wheels in ways that, I guess, depending on who you ask, favored each side. But regardless... We haven't seen anything like this, Andy, since Jalen Brunson went to New York. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) Like that one, that one even, I again... Is Jalen Brunson never supposed to speak to his father, Rick Brunson, who is with the name? I mean, the whole Brian and I have covered this league in some capacity now for going on 20 years. It is, it's like Game of Thrones level (laughs) incestuous. I mean, if we're really being honest about it, like there's no such thing as like a clean transaction. If you missed the news, it's Bradley Beal to Phoenix. He, uh, you know, as Andy mentioned, had a no trade clause, um, which in addition to um, he is still owed, I believe, $200 million from uh, Washington. 250 American dollars, it should be noted, just in case this anybody season. thought the <laughs> it feels like it. Uh, just in case anybody thought maybe you know somebody could have lucked out with the exchange rate. No, we are dealing with American dollars here. Um, between the no trade clause and the incredibly large contract, um, 
difficult fellow to trade. Um, and the return, if you are Washington, certainly um, wasn't dramatic. Uh, it is Landry Shamit. It is a bunch of second rounders and some pick swaps. And uh, the big pick swaps name, that will be absolutely meaningless because unless things go really bad for Phoenix, there I will. We don't need to get this is not a rabbit hole. But the pick swaps actually are far enough away that they could be. I think they're 24 and 26. I think there's, I think there are two. I think there were a couple. I thought they were later, but I thought there were more later. Basically, anything that the, the Suns had in terms of draft capital that they could add, they did. Um, except I believe this year's second round. But anyway. Um, a couple things that we want to get into. Obviously, there is the reaction to what this does for the Suns because what this means for the Suns is obviously relevant for the Lakers in the Western Conference. That's a big thing. The, the really large element of this, though, for the Lakers is Chris Paul and his salary, which is now expected to be guaranteed uh, for $30 million this year, is on its way somewhere else. Um, it is currently part of the deal to go back to Washington Um Everyone is working to find a third team so that he doesn't have to play for the Wizards, um, basically. So um, Chris Paul is not going to stay in Washington, but how he leaves Washington, Andy, is directly relevant to the Lakers and this whole question about whether or not he joins the team in the point guard situation, whatever. So we get to that next, but I wanted to ask you first, just this is a fascinating trade. Because it is a trade that feels to me like something that would have happened three or four years ago where everybody just goes, all right, that's a wrap. It's over. Give it to the Suns. But anybody who watched NBA basketball last season was like, what? What are we doing here? So what, what was your reaction to the deal itself? Because obviously what improves Phoenix impacts the Lakers, impacts the Western Conference. Well, I mean, it, it is definitely a trade that – like you said, three or four years ago, felt like it was inspired by Photoshop jobs and memes <laughs> where, where Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, and Devin General Booker, Manager Grant Goldberg. Right, exactly. With, uh, you know, the underneath it reads championship season SZN. Um, <laughs> it's an interesting trade in the sense that look, offensively, like this feels like the ultimate, we are setting you up to succeed in certain respects and to prove your reputation frank vogel because on one hand we are giving you devin booker kevin durant bradley beal 95 percent of the offense ought to be just covered by the presence <laughs> of all three of them we need uh -huh. to find maybe one other guy that can either score or shoot and a bench that doesn't hemorrhage points when when they're out there it's covered frank now you need That's to like figure 90 out points a game between three players. Right. <laughs> you need to figure out how to get the three of them, maybe DeAndre Ayton, and now the exceptionally valuable to re-sign Tory Craig to defend. Because on paper, this group will be giving up damn near every point that they score. Well, it's you know, it's like it's not that like Durant has been an excellent defender at points over the course of his career. It's not that he's never been able to defend or can't defend, but he's also, he's going to be 35 next year, I believe um, injured all the time. And you don't want to be relying on him for that. Devin Booker, you know, choppy history defensively. Bradley Beal is, 
you know, some people, you know, think he's good. Some people's okay. Some people not. I mean, like, but like, he's Those also are never who haven't watched him, Brian. He's not good defensively. Not great. But also, too, it's like it's you know he's playing in Washington. Like we'll see, like you know what happens in in higher leverage games. But it's not not a lot of there there um, in in terms of what Vogel is being uh, asked to work with. Um, you know, they they might be able to bring a guy like Josh Kogi back. Like they got to bring back everybody. They have no access. Oh. To- Jock Landale now is incredibly important. Incredibly important. Yeah, Matt I, Biombo. <laughs> Pay me, Matt Ishbia. No, seriously, they really I are know. now. It, because it, I don't care if you find those guys unimpressive or not. They are better than most likely the options at the veterans minimum. Mm-hmm. Like th- those guys are the equivalent of full, like full non-taxpayer mid-level acquisitions. Bringing those guys back, I'm yeah. serious. It's um, it's it's a it's a remarkable deal, and I feel like, in a lot of ways, the Lakers and Russell Westbrook kind of killed this model, and then kind of what went on in Brooklyn. Um, I was going to say, I think it's more Brooklyn than the Lakers because most people were skeptical when the Lakers brought in Westbrook. I was among the few skeptical when the Brooklyn super team formed. Like mm-hmm. I was in the minority. Most but people thought that would work well. The lesson of of this uh, this season, in a lot of ways, we can you know make this point, and we'll, we'll move on to Chris Paul next. Is that you know depth matters, the team around you matters, the ability to get through the regular season, so you're not scrambling you know late for a better seed or whatever. All of this stuff matters, and the trade that the Suns just made, as we lean into an era of Single aprons, second aprons, punitive tax penalties, loss of draft picks, less maneuverability in your trades, no ability to use your exceptions, all these other things is it's it's remarkable what they did here. And it is a an incredible dice roll that I mean, I'm not gonna say it's not gonna work because that is a tremendous amount of firepower, but the way the NBA operates now where the scouting is so good and the coaching is so good and the game plans are so good um i still think you know i gotta see it that they can be consistently good to beat teams like denver maybe the lakers um you know all these other ones four four times in seven games because they'll have two or three games where the offense is just so overwhelming it doesn't matter but i need to see the rest of it yeah absolutely i mean Matt Ishbia, the new owner of the Suns, in his brief time owning this team, he has basically become the equivalent of, you know how in Texas they have those different steakhouses where they've got a 72-ounce porterhouse, Mm -hmm. and if you can eat the thing in an hour, you get it for free, (laughs) but like 99% of the population can't eat the thing in an hour, and you end up paying like $200 for the steak. Matt Ishbia is the owner equivalent of the guy who goes in the restaurant. That's his order every single every time. Single, goes every place. Every place. And, he, and, and he orders sides with it. Sure, like this is he orders, yes. All of it. He um, orders right. the 72 ounce steak every single And he wants to make sure the whole restaurant's watching him attempt to eat this steak. I mean, he's 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 not shy. I'll give him nope. that. Um, what does this mean for Chris Paul to the Lakers? That's next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by BetterHelp. It's easy to get caught up in what everyone needs from you and never taking a moment to think about what you need from yourself. It's hard to balance just being there for your significant other, for your children 
your extended family, work. But then again, you got to remember to be there for yourself. And when you feel like you're spending all your time giving, it can make you feel stretched thin, burnt out, and life doesn't come with a user manual. And when it's not working for you, it's normal to feel stuck. Navigating life's challenges, it, they're just it's difficult and there's no such thing as a user manual. And I can personally speak to how much therapy has helped me during a really difficult period in my life for me and my family. And sitting down, talking with a professional was huge. And BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient, accessible anywhere, 100% online, no waiting rooms, no traffic. Plus, it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with the therapist. And if things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. So if you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help you get there. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash locked on. Okay, so when you know Paul going to Washington, he is not expected to stay there. But the big thing that this trade does is, at least for the time being, looks like it guarantees the thirty million dollars that is uh, owed to him for this year, as opposed to him, in, you know, being bought out for fifteen, whatever it might be, or you know, the Suns not uh, releasing him, which was a, a rumor for last week. So that Andy has a massive impact on on where the Lakers could slot him in. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see where this goes. First of all, i I could be wrong, but I don't think the Wizards necessarily have a reason to trade him quickly. Um, other than maybe like, in, other than maybe like the the PR of wanting to do right by you know respected future Hall of Fame player with a lot of juice, you know especially if he makes it public, he wants to know what's going on with him quickly. He wants to have his offseason figure out all that stuff. But if say the market for Chris Paul is not over the next week, what they want it to be, I don't think they really have an issue opening camp with him still on the roster. Like if he wants to play great, if he, you know, if he wants to play, I think you let him play. You absolutely, oh, yeah, of course. you, you of course. absolutely let him play. If he wants to be away from the team because he doesn't feel like he's a part of the direction, which to make perfectly clear, well, he is not <laughs> right. Then, okay. You, you can, you can let him be away from the team while you look for some type of deal. But if you're flipping him one way or another, you are going to be paying the equivalent of his salary one way or another, mm -hmm. like in terms of whether what you're paying Chris Paul or who you what are you're paying, paying. And we bring it back. Exactly. You know, there's so, the odds are, I mean, especially with any team, any team that it's not like there's a team that wants Chris Paul that can absorb him into cap space or something where you get a trade exception. Like it's the Clippers, it's the Lakers, it's teams like that. And you know, I, the, the, but the, so that's one. I'm just saying that's one thing that I think is interesting about this is, I, and I may be misreading it, but I don't think there's a like a an absolute hurry to figure this out in a week. There isn't, and that obviously makes a difference for the Lakers. I mean, CP, I'm sure would love this to be to be settled as fast as possible because he don't want to be sitting around watching. But from the the one thing about it, I'll say is is you know to your point about you know needing to do it quickly. The Wizards this trade. Is from from we've talked about a ton from Phoenix's standpoint. From Washington's standpoint, it is about getting Bradley Beal's contract off of their books. 
so that they can properly rebuild. They didn't get draft picks out of it. They didn't be because the 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 not good contract, draft picks. <laughs> yeah, I mean they got say they didn't get first rounders. They didn't get a, and so you know the point of this was to make it possible for them to start to reconstruct the roster. And that's relevant for like Kyle Kuzma, which we'll get to in a second. Um, but it, they don't need a big return. It's not like they're looking at this going, you know, geez, you know, Chris Paul and, and how we flip CP is the key to making this trade work. Like the, it is an awful trade in terms of return Human capital, draft capital, all that kind of stuff. It's not, and, and and what they get for CP is not going to turn around. All they need to do is avoid somehow adding pieces that get in the way of their ability to rebuild and and have as much space to absorb other teams' bad contracts. Try to get draft picks that way, or whatever. So the the the, the timing aspect of it is it is important. Because if they do hold on to him, that means the Lakers can't wait around for him to be bought out, um, which he eventually would be. If they don't, if, if Washington doesn't trade him right away to the Clippers or something like that, or um, it's not going to be the Lakers. The Lakers are not going to acquire Chris Paul, who's making thirty million dollars. So the only way he gets to LA, one hopes not. <laughs> one you know what? That's not. true. I, early reports seem to you know from from the insiders seem to indicate the Lakers aren't interested in it. But you're right. We don't know. We are assuming the Lakers are not going to trade for Chris Paul, making thirty million dollars a year. They would be much more interested in him as a free agent, with an exception or the veterans minimum. That can't happen if if he's traded to the Clippers or whatever. It can only happen if Washington buys him out eventually, or another team buys him out. Um, the Lakers don't have until September to figure out what to do with D'Angelo Russell or uh, Dennis Schroeder or any of these other things. So if you were in the camp of bring back those two guys, this trade accelerates that. It, it, it raises the likelihood significantly of the Lakers turning back to D'Angelo Russell and back to Dennis Schroeder um, because those are the guys they have access to um, and you know those those are the guys they, they can get. Yeah, I, I feel like if the Wizards are looking to make a trade involving Chris Paul, that really decreases the likelihood of him becoming a Laker, especially because with the Clippers, by all accounts, being interested in getting Chris Paul, they, they have the motivation to trade for him outright just for no other reason than to avoid him eventually ending up with the Lakers or with right. a different team that they're going to be um, competing with. But also, too, the Clippers will have a much easier time making a trade for Chris Paul because they have a bunch of expiring contracts that they can throw together. Um, you know, like Eric Gordon makes, for example, I believe $21 million this upcoming season, non none guaranteed by the end of June, but in theory, they could, if they made this trade pretty early, they could bring him in and then waive him from there. You have, well, they still own the money though. Once you trade a guy, his contracts. Oh, right. Yes. You're right. Uh, you are correct. They, they would actually have to, but, um, Marcus Morris makes 17 expiring after this season. Nick Batum makes a little under 12 expiring after this coming season. Covington, same deal. 
Terrence Mann, they might be interested in, in as a young player. I think the Clippers would work hard to avoid including him, but maybe Bones Highland could be an option for them as a young player. Brandon Boston, Amir Coffey. They could throw in a future first. I don't think they have one that they can trade till 2027. But the point Washington being, Washington will though, take it. They just want stuff. Right. The point being, though, the Clippers will have an ability to actually line up salaries for Chris Paul and actually make this deal happen. And if it's something that they really want, at this point, given how pot committed they are to the Kawhi Leonard, Paul George era, how deep into spending they already are, and the need that has been pretty evident for a point guard, I feel like there's going to be an urgency there for the Clippers that the Lakers both can't compete with and frankly shouldn't. Shouldn't, right. The, the, the biggest issue is shouldn't because, you know, Mo Bamba and Malik Beasley would do the trick from a financial standpoint. Like you, the Lakers could piece those contracts together. It's not, it's not impossible for them to do it. It's just that they, they don't have any interest in giving Chris Paul $30 million because of the ripple effects that that has through the rest of the, of the roster and their ability to pay Hachimura and pay, you know, bring back Schroeder and maybe bring back Lonnie Walker and bring all these other things that they want to be able to try to do without busting through that second apron, um, which has restrictions on, on what they can do and hurts their flexibility going forward. So um, it's not the Lakers can't put together a deal. It's that they won't if once Paul's contract is guaranteed. Um, so a little bit more on that. And then also, too, it's not just Chris Paul when you think of players that could potentially be impacted by this move from Washington. The ball is really in the Wizards' court in terms of uh, prominent free agents, including Kyle Kuzma, um, who has been, even before the deal, there was some chatter that he might be um, potentially somebody the Lakers could look into. We'll get into that next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by Ibotta. And let's say you're buying groceries, doing a little bit of summer shopping for the kids, maybe even getting yourself a little something nice. You've earned it. You, you're already spending the money. So why not get cash back for your troubles with Ibotta? For example, typical basket of groceries was over $50 more expensive at the end of 2022 than at the beginning of the year due to inflation. I'm sure people are feeling this. Everyone shops for food all the time. You can earn two and a half times that in cash back from Ibotta. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get cash back. It's really easy. The average Ibotta user earns 120 bucks a year in real cash back. Again, real cash back, not points that let's be honest, nobody ever uses. You can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners five bucks for just trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKED when you register. Go to the App Store or Google Play Store, download the free Ibotta app, use that code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or the App Store and use that code LOCKED. Okay, so um, you know we talked about CP3 and the fallout there and what happens with with that. Um, the other guy, though, that is impacted by this, in the sense of trying to figure out what it is that the Lakers might be doing, or I'm sorry, the Wizards might be doing, is Kyle Kuzma. Um, 
player option for I think it's like 13 or 14 million. He's not going to opt into that. He's already um, said that he's right. opting out. So the question becomes how much he's worth in the open market. Um, it had been thought that the Wizards would automatically just re-sign and bring him back and whatever. Now they traded out Rui Hachimura with that assumption. Right. Now, however, there is some bit of an open question. Like, do they want, if they're going to do this, do you want to have to commit $22 million and just making up a number to Kyle Kuzma for three or four or five years? Now, the Wizards are going to need players, and he's 27 years old. He's a good complimentary guy that you can build other people around. He's whatever. But it's not guaranteed necessarily that they're going to bring him back, uh, Chris Tapps, Porzingis, all these other things. And it is... If they dump him, the idea that the Lakers and sign in without getting into the arcane details of sign in trades now with the new CBA, which are arcane, um, it is possible for the Lakers to construct a sign in trade, throw in a draft pick or something like that, that would work actually for Kyle Kuzma at 22, 23 million, whatever it might be. Um, that would in theory be your replacement for Rui Hachimura. And as a thought exercise, because I doubt they, I mean, you'd, you'd sign Kuzma, sign and trade Kuzma and bring back Hachimura. Um, as a thought exercise, it becomes really interesting to me. Like, who would you rather have? Hachimura at 17, you know, 16, 17, 15, 16, 17, whatever it is, or Kyle Kuzma at 20, 21, 22? Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting question because Kuzma, I think, is a better player than Rui Hachimura. I agree. Um, he, he's a better overall player. I think he's a better rounded player. You know, there was a lot of promise that I think Rui, you know, exhibited during his time with the Lakers. There's a lot that, you know, feels like if he spends more time with LeBron, more time with Phil Handy, who, by the way, will be with the Lakers longer. He he signed an extension, which is great news I think both for the organization, but it's also a relief given how many coaches Frank Vogel has been poaching from the Laker organization. Like he's he's been taking G League guys, he's been taking regular coaches, he's taken everyone. Taking and you know everybody. what? Yeah. You know what? Good for him because he got kind of screwed over by the Lakers. <laughs> but anyway, um, it starts becoming an interesting question, though. How much better do you think Kuzma is? than Rui because there is a certain degree of redundancy with LeBron, AD, and Kuzma. You know, we we saw that during their time together. They managed to make it work, obviously, to the tune of a championship. Mm -hmm. But it does, it does take some mas massaging. It takes a lot of confidence that Kyle Kuzma can play the majority of his minutes as a small forward. Because if you're thinking of him as more of a four, then it really starts becoming a potentially expensive positional logjam between LeBron and Kuz. And depending on if you're ever looking to play AD as a four, AD, and you just start wondering, is that the best way to allocate our resources and money and you know the, the right, because whereas Hachimura, for example, I, I I think is fully expecting probably to be a sixth man or something next year. Kuzma, would, I don't know about that, but would be more amenable to that at the very least than, than Kuz would. Um, 
I I don't think Kuzma would want to come here if he didn't think he could start. I agree with that. Um, I I think Rui could very well be penciled in as a starter. He's certainly going I think to be he could paid. Be. Yeah, he's going to be paid if nothing else, like a damn expensive six man. If well, that's I mean, a lot up. of six men are in that fifteen to twenty million dollar range. I mean, you know, or 12, 12, on, to 18, 12 to eighteen or whatever it on is. On the high but, side, he'll definitely be on the high side of what you pay. Sure, six sure, 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 sure. But I just say, you know, you can construct. Line Russell up. Westbrook was not the norm, Brian. Just in, <laughs> just in case last year, well, really listen, warped... he's a bargain compared to their last six man. <laughs> His last season warped your perspective. Like that's not Don't how all it six normally men make forty million dollars. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, Brian, they all as did. It, as it turns out, that's that's more exception. Than why, rule. why they have an award for this, and it's obviously very important, right? But I mean, the point being is like you know you can construct a lot of lineups where you know essentially Austin Reeves is your small forward. Anthony Davis plays the five. LeBron is the four. I'm not saying I'm not saying that I would do it that way. I'm just saying it's not hard to do. No, but you said um, a lot. Uh, that that. Well, it's one. It's one. I don't, I don't want a lot of that. I don't want a lot of that. It is a starting lineup that is not hard to conceive of. Where where Reeves is your three, um, LeBron is your four, and AD is your five, and then Hachimura would come off the bench as the first big. That, that presumably, um, if Kuz is on your team, he's your starting three. Yeah. And, you know, I guess, you know, Reeves plays the two and presumably D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I know Kuz had a, it was a challenge for Kuzma. I think the biggest, the biggest issue for Kuzma coming back, I think is honestly just role uh, because I do, he's a better player than Hachimura and, you know, Kuz is a still a very inconsistent three point shooter Guess what? So is Hachimura. Um, you know, I mean, he was money in the playoffs. It like so far beyond freaking Steph Curry in the playoffs. Like like that is, he was shooting at a level in the playoffs that is not anything anybody could possibly expect to happen um, over the course of a regular season. Um, He Kuzma is a more consistent uh, player overall. He's a more consistent scorer. He's better, much better passer. Yes. Um, You know, he's you know, Kuz, you know, good rebounder. He's just a good player. Um, probably a more versatile defender. Um, I think you can use Kuzma in more ways defensively than you can Hachimura. Um, probably true, yeah. But he, especially with the ascendance of Reeves as a guy who can also put in 15 to 20 a night, um, you it, it's it's a it's a it's a choice to come and step back and do it, especially in the postseason. The regular season, Reeves, Kuzma, whoever, Russell, anyway, they're all going to have plenty of games because of Anthony Davis and LeBron James sitting, um, some with injury, some for rest, to go out and, and put up points. Like they'll have, they'll have regular season games to do it, but in the postseason, it's going to be much more restrained and, and constricted. Um, that he would have to be willing to take that on in the interest of playing for a really good team, which is probably the the trade-off there because free agent market's weird and there aren't a lot of teams that can give Kuzma the money he wants and help him win. I was going to say it's likely one or the other. Like, Let's say he was willing to bide his time with a team like San Antonio that is not going to be likely a playoff team this season with Wemenyama, but 
they could end up a force in a couple years. You know, is Kuzma willing to? Because they, I, I bring them up because the Spurs have cap space. Sure. If and he'd be, I mean, he'd be a really interesting fit there as a veteran leader. You know, as a yeah. guy, as a, you know, he's actually somebody I think really. Pop, I think Pop would love Kuzma. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, you know, for all of Kuzma's, you know, fashion and you know, fifteen foot sweaters and hair and whatever, he's very coachable. The, that's always the impression that I've gotten is that he's pretty easy to work with along those lines. So I actually think Pop would like him a lot. I think he'd actually like working with Pop. So like, is a team like that where it feels like he is on a legitimately competitive team at the end of his 20s or you know the beginning of his 30s, is that enough for him or does he want to win right away? If he wants to win right away, you are correct. The teams that can put him in that position – but also pay him beyond sign and trade possibilities that you and I don't know off the top of our heads. It, it ain't going to be a lot of options. No. Um, and it, it gets in, we'll, we'll, we'll quit here. And then uh, tomorrow is Mike Garcia, Canyon driver. Yeah. Uh, you follow on Twitter, our kind of final draft preview. The draft is on Thursday. This show is obviously that show will be for Wednesday. Um, and so we'll do that. And then after the draft is over, we'll bring back some of these dudes and, and other people to tell you who they drafted and whether or not they're good. Um, so a lot of, of that kind of stuff coming up, but the, the, the themes and issues from this trade and the, the fallout, whatever word you want to use are enormous. Uh, they're enormous across the league. They impact the Lakers. They're huge in the free agent market, which was already shaping up to be beneficial to the Lakers. Cause it was going to, squeeze guys like uh russell who are valuable to lakers but maybe they don't want to pay him quite you know up the the premium so um more on this to come over the course of the week wednesday mike garcia to preview the nba draft on thursday um so it's gonna be a really fun week a really big week on locked on lakers we appreciate everybody following along we'll see you tomorrow